Welcome to the very first episode of the Weekend Booktopia. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about the books we're reading this weekend. Joining me today are Ben Hunter, Category Manager for Fiction. Hello, Ben. Hi, Mark. And we're also joined by Sarah McDooling, Category Manager for Kids and YA. Hello, Sarah. Hello. And our last guest is Olivia Frico, Senior Content Producer and Editor of the Booktopian blog. Hi, Liv. Hi, Mark. So, uh, first we're going to discuss a little bit of book news, then we'll delve into the books that everybody is planning to read over the weekend and what we're reading at the moment, and then be sure to stick around until the very end of the show when my guests are going to go head-to-head in a book quiz battle that we're calling Book Fight, um, but it's all going to stay quite cordial, I'm, I'm sure. So, very uh, imaginative name, Book Fight. Thank you, Olivia. I worked on it for weeks. Um, So we're going to jump right into our book news today. Uh, We have had a week of some really big books being announced. Uh, What is coming up on the slate there, Sarah? Uh, So we've got quite a few. Um, We've got coming up a new book from the best-selling powerhouse Sarah J Maas, which I horrifyingly am blanking on the title for. It's a court oh, of I did see silver, silver and flames. Court of silver flames. <laughs> it's a court of silver. I'm not prepared. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> it is called a, a court of silver flames, and this is going to be um, the story of two side characters that uh, the fans have been really, 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 really eager to see um, their you know, story of getting together and having epic love. And so Does this mean I actually have to read Wings, Court of Wings and Ruin now? Because I've been putting it off. Well, if you, if you want to read A Court of Silver... Oh, my God. I'm doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Silver and Flames? <laughs> or Silver Flames? What's wrong with me? <laughs> what does it say? Is it... Is it on the website? Sarah J. Mass, if you're listening, we're sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> It is silver flames. A quarter quarter of silver flames. I'm looking at it right now. Yes, thank you. And the reason it's throwing me is because every other book in the series has been a court of something and something. So I think that's why I keep mistakenly calling it a court of silver and flames. But that is incorrect. Um, Anyway, that's coming. Horrifyingly for me, as the um, category manager for kids and YA, it has been classified as an adult fantasy. So it's not my book. Ben, Jacques, you've stolen one of my <laughs> most best-selling yeah, authors. Yeah, and you've given the sales to me on a silver platter when she's at the height of her career. Um, it's not fair. <laughs> look, I'm really happy about this, Sarah. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I've never. I'm really distraught. Um, uh, but you know, uh, from what I understand, her books are just a bit sexy. Um, and a bit maybe sexy, then it's yeah. not uh, the right thing for the chillin. And maybe the chillin that um, fell in love with Sarah and Rice books are, are now adults anyway. Um, so I think it's a, a kind of a smart move. Um, Sarah, you got to have high tea with Sarah and Rice, right? And you got to see her amazing rich lady she hair. She is and her hot so Sarah and I are obsessed with her. Beautiful. Just as a person. Yeah. She yeah. is a... Stunning, stunning human being. It's like staring into the sun. She's the Delta Goodrum <laughs> fantasy authors. Yeah. And at the time that we had that tea, she was talking to us about... Um, Crescent City. 
Present City, which is now out in the world. And that, and I'd, I'd like come to terms with the fact that one of my most best-selling YA authors had crossed over into adult uh, and started an adult series, but I wasn't prepared for her previous books to be retroactively moved over into the, <laughs> into the adult fiction section instead of being with me. So I, I bid fond farewell to those wonderful sales. And just to really compound the insult, we've also got a, a brand new book from um, Craig Sylvie announced, which is also adult fiction. So let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I guess I better because it's my book, Sarah, not yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Against all logic and fairness, it is not, a, 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 yeah, it is not in my category. Yeah, uh, Craig Sylvie hasn't had a book in, in, in more than a decade. Uh, Jessica Jones, uh, came out in 2009, I believe. Um, it sold more than half a million copies. It's huge. It's part of the Australian curriculum uh, for school students. So it's it's um, it's very well received and well loved. Um, and yeah, it's been a, been a long time between drinks for Craig. Um, so we're all very excited for this. Uh, it's called Honeybee. Um, and we don't know much about it yet. Um, it's got a, um, a very striking cover. Um, it is also a coming-of-age story. It is set in contemporary Western Australia, where Craig is from. Um, and at the heart of the book is an unlikely friendship between a teenager, a troubled teenager called Sam Watson, and an old man named Vic. Um, and the, the kind of premise is that they meet on a, a overpass bridge, um, where I believe both, um, both characters are, are considering jumping. Um, and they obviously don't, otherwise it would be a very short book. Um, uh, and the oh, it's describing a, a world of petty thefts, extortion plots, botched bank robberies, daring dog rescues, and one spectacular drag show. So it sounds like one heck of a Australian classic to come. So it's going to be one of the huge releases of this year, this Christmas, um, and it's going to sit right neck and neck with Trent Dom's um, All Our Shimmering Skies. So very exciting. It's very exciting. And I've considering, you know, what a perennial bestseller Jasper Jones is and considering how everything in the description of this book seems to me like it will be as complimentary. A, a, sim a similar kind of book. I am just distraught that those sales are going out of my category. <laughs> however, however, I do believe that the, that. Um, eventually the schools are going to claim that book and we'll have a kids edition so I look forward to that. Wouldn't that go to education then Sarah? Um, no I mean yes maybe but let's just not talk about it. Not to, uh, very upsetting. Does anybody <laughs> so know whether um, Sarah. <laughs> does, anybody, does anybody know whether this uh, the 11 year gap between Jasper Jones and Honeybee is a kind of bridge of clay, Marcus Suzak kind of situation. Was this a difficult novel for him to pull off or um, has he just been busy? I think the inside scoop is yes. Um, uh, I, both these guys also had like movies and lots of money to spend. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, it's uh, from what I've heard, um, industry whispers, it's, it's a very, um, it's a very hard book to bring together and a book that's very close to Craig's heart, um, oh. which is which is it's, it's the same story to um, Marcus um, with, with his, the delay in his novel. Um, I'm opening up a SMH um, big cover story they did, well, not a cover story, but it was a Spectrum cover story, I think, um, they did on Craig uh, when 
the club and asked all the details with this. And he said, I've put everything I have into writing Honey Bee. It tore me up, but it filled me with joy. I'm enormously oh, proud of it. Wow. I can't wait. I just can't wait. And yeah, quickly, I've already had like two people in the office go, Liv, can I review this? And I'm like, everyone is going to want to review everyone this. Everyone wants to review this one. <laughs> Um, now, quickly, I believe there's there's one more book that, that we wanted to, to name check uh, before we move on into what we're reading. Um, what else got announced? We got just recently got announced that there is a new Jimmy Barnes book coming, which is massive, massive news. This book belongs to neither Ben nor I. It's, it's a non-fiction. <laughs> we can't fight over it. Yeah. <laughs> so we can just be freely excited without any skin in the game. Um, <laughs> So it's called Killing Time and it's short stories from Jimmy Barnes and um, we were lucky enough to be invited to a kind of virtual book launch event where Jimmy uh, spoke about this book and um, it was just entrancing. Like he's just such an amazing storyteller and I think, you know, we all thought that we might not get another book from him for a while after um, Working Class Boy and then Working Class Man but so this is just like a great gift. And should be, I imagine lots of people will be getting this and giving this for Christmas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. The, the cover is, it, if you didn't know who Jimmy Barnes was, you'd think it was a true crime novel. <laughs> that is true. It's a very serious <laughs> cover. It's like. And it's called Killing Time. And it's called time. Killing Time, yeah. I did actually. I did actually mention this book to somebody at Booktopia yesterday who will go nameless, and they did say, who is Jimmy Barnes? What? <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> okay, that nameless person needs to be named after the podcast. Yeah, yeah once, once we switch <laughs> off, I'll tell you. Who it was. <laughs> I, I I have my suspicions. <laughs> You're probably sus suspecting correctly. <laughs> I have no idea, but I need to know. So. All right. Before we get into oh, trouble. Oh, um, also, um, this, yeah. this this is nowhere near on the scale of um, Jimmy Barnes or Craig Silly. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll surprise and delight um, Olivia Frito, who's on this podcast. Um, Is this Sarah Moshfe. Perry? No. Oh, oh. Well, yeah, but that, that also happened. But Natasha Moshfe, um, her new book that got delayed from March to, like, the end of September, yeah, I think, September has now. just been brought back to <gasps> next week. <gasps> oh, so much I mean, I have, I have already read it. So yeah, it but is... you get to, like, talk about it and sell it. I so do. Oh. Oh, but, well, no. I don't. Oh, that means I have to write a review really quickly <laughs> so this is delightful news but also oh no, i have to do work now yeah um because Ray, um is a booker listed author um and her, her last book um a year of rest my year of rest and relaxation uh, became a kind of cult classic um and uh, the new novel is called death in her hands and it is now available the second of july oh wow all right. And like I know the book and I, I know the book news section is probably over, but <laughs> can we just swing back briefly to where a new Sarah Perry book was mentioned? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What? Take it away, Liv. Oh no. Well, last year, back when I was a wee babby content producer, literally two weeks into the job, Mr. John Purcell was like, "Liv, do you want to go to Sydney Writers Festival and interview Sarah Perry backstage?" And I was like, "Um, no, but yes." <laughs> and, and it ended up being like freaking amazing and she was wonderful and lovely and beautiful um but during the course of that interview I asked her what she was working on next and she said a kind of 
a work of nonfiction. I was like, oh, this is interesting. She usually does, she just completed a gothic fiction trilogy, exploring mm. three different, um, well, they're not trilogy, but they're kind of part of a similar work. Um, but her new book is called Essex Girls, A Defense of Profane and Opinionated Women Everywhere. And it just sounds like an exploration. Yeah, it's an exploration of all these kind of different kinds of women, from like Protestant martyr Rose Allen to Kim Kardashian. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea this is coming. I love I, her. This yeah. is very exciting. She is delightful, and I will always make time for Sarah Perry. Brilliant. All right, well, guys, I think I think we've exhausted our time for for booking this chat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> let's uh, le- let's move on to the next section of our podcast where we talk about what we're reading, um, what we might be reading on the weekend, what books we've brought today. So let's go to Olivia first. <gasps> Me? Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. Okay, so I've uh, anyone who's ever sat in a publishing cell-in within the last two years will have inevitably heard the words, "This book is like Fleabag meets." Sally Rooney's normal people <laughs> and you just want to roll your eyes back into your head until you have an aneurysm and die um, because the books very rarely are exactly like those like they're good but they've been kind of sold short by that comparison but I'm reading something that actually fits and it's Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason yeah Meg Mason sorry um, and it's about a woman called Martha and she feels like there's something terribly wrong with her she's like jeopardizing her marriage by being very cruel but it goes back in time to kind of discover how she got to be the way that she is. And it's got that weird kind of, like in Fleabag, you know how she turns to the camera and like will give an aside and breaks the fourth wall and all that. It kind of does that in this book, but like not so obviously. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm only like 50 pages in. But um, the character is really intriguing because she's kind of terrible, but yep. compelling. <laughs> Um, ben, I think you've already... and, and then I ended up loving it. Yeah, you've read it, haven't you, Ben? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this one. It's 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 incredibly witty, um, mm. and and yeah, just weirdly interesting. You can't you, you you like I wanted to throw it across the room at one stage. I was like, this is this is so <laughs> frustrating. Just be better humans. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't stop reading, and I just loved it more and more. Mm. Did have either of you read You Be Mother by Meg Mason? No, but now I want to. I loved that book. I thought it was such a good book. And this, from what I can tell, is very different, but I'm still keen to read it because I just I really enjoyed You Be Mother. Mm. Well, I think everyone fell in love with Meg Mason, um, because HarperCollins had a kind of meet the author event for booksellers a few months back before lockdown when we could leave the house. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember those times. Um, but anyway, and the way she was speaking about it, I think the whole room was like, yeah, I really want to read this. Thank you. Just because she was funny and really engaging and just really sold it. Yeah, well. very so, charming. And I finally picked it up because I realized it's coming out in like a week. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. So that's what I'm reading at the moment. But the book that I want to read if I finish <laughs> True Life in time, which Sarah and I are not going to talk about because we're, we're too talking about that. <laughs> yeah we are interviewing Jake Kristoff next week so stay tuned for that um but the book that I really want to pick up because it's gotten so much hype on Twitter and like online blogging circles that read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy and it sounds bonkers but I'm so intrigued I'm reading Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Weir which is described as um 
In Tamsin Wears Gideon the Ninth unveils a solar system of swordplay, cutthroat politics, and lesbian necromancers in space. Oh my god, this has been on my TBR for a while, ever since yeah. I think in the podcast um, Sam spoke about it. Oh, I was on the podcast too, I remember yeah. that. Yes. And I was like, god, this sounds amazing, and I put it on my wish list and then I forgot about it. <laughs> well, my library's just started doing click and collect. They've opened, like, they've got three branches in my area open, and you've got to go in and, like, sanitize yourself completely thoroughly and then you go and pick up your book and then you have to leave immediately but um I just saw that this book was out and I'm like okay I'm gonna do it because I think the second book is coming out in August or late July and that's Harrow the Ninth but anyway this one just sounds completely bonkers and I don't even know how to sum up the plot because I haven't started reading it yet but also I think it's just it's about a, a woman called Gideon who's like bound up in a life of servitude and she wants to leave and escape, but she has to help her master or mistress rather with one last task um, before she is allowed her freedom. I'm just, I'm super excited to read this. It sounds like fun. Yeah. The the pitch that, that I heard for it the first time it was mentioned to me was lesbian necromancers, which already piques, piques the interest in a haunted house. Hell yes. In space. I will do that. Thank you. <laughs> it sounds so good. I'm really keen to hear uh, your thoughts on it, Liv. Okay. Well, I will note it down and finish True Life, and then I will get stuck into this one and let you know what I think. Excellent. You're going to love True Life. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, halfway through it, and it's already made me want to cry, but also oh, yell. So good. I'll talk but about it with you. We will talk about it next week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Moving on. That is, that is me done. Okay, thank you so much, Liv. Um, let's bounce over to Ben. What are you reading? Um, I'm reading a, a, a big fat book that, that I started uh, the, the other um, week and, and had to um, put down because I had an interview when I read another book for that one. Um, it's uh, Utopia Avenue by David Mitchell. Uh, not David Mitchell, the nasal um, funny guy from the TV, but David Mitchell, the um, book of listed um, author, genius, um, kind of handsome guy who lives in Ireland, and, but I think he's English. Um, he's, his new book is called Toby Avenue. Um, he's the author of Cloud Atlas and a bunch of other novels. Um, and this is um, this, a wonderful book, um, big book set at the end of the 60s, um, which imagines a, a kind of dream band that comes together um, in the kind of Soho scene um, where everyone is just like the world is just crumbling apart and, and everyone's doing everything and everyone is everywhere and all the drugs and all the protests and all the wars and all the stuff is happening, you know, the summer of love, the psychedelic scene, if you will. Um, and a Canadian, um, a Canadian uh, like music promoter um, raconteur um, puts together uh, like a, a kind of super group from nobodies and there's an, a, a folk singer called Elf Holloway um, a bassist called Dean Moss who's like has a, like a rough <laughs> he comes from a rough like thing and then there's a, a jazz drummer called Griff who, who comes from Northern England and he's, he's even rougher but doesn't have as much trauma as Dean maybe and then there's a guitar virtuoso, um, psychedelic dreamboat man called uh, 
Jasper Desote, um, who's like half um, uh, uh, Dutch and um, mysteriously like a billionaire. <laughs> and um, they come from like this like disparate like approaches to music and they um, have to get along with one another and um, fight it out um, on the like road to fame. Uh, and the, the different chapters uh, are like attuned to different songs on the album that are written by different members of the band. And so they all have a different aesthetic and flair and point of view. Um, and so the whole the whole landscape of the novel is, is symphonic in nature, um, the way it comes together. Um, and there's this cast of celebrities that just drop in and you just suddenly crashing into Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones or, or um, <laughs> Alan Ginsberg or David Bowie um, before David Bowie was famous. Um, so, yeah, just really weird, um, great, um, lots of fun, um, and it's massive. Um, and I'm still um, I'm, I'm reading it again. And I'm, I'm not putting it down this time. Amazing. I absolutely cannot wait to get to get stuck into that one. I've been I've been anticipating it for a long time, um, and he's just like one of my favorite authors. In my eyes, he can virtually do no wrong. So very excited about that one. Good, um, you should be. Um, the other book I, I've read is is is, is totally different, um, and it was just a fortuitous thing because um, uh, the podcast was coming up, and I had to just put it down and, and, and read this book it's it's the safe place by anna downs um this is like a, the like commercial summer thriller of the year um it is um mostly set in the south of france um and it is about it's about this um uh, hapless girl emily proudman who's who's a failing actress in london who who gets like scooped up um and and, and taken to this um, chateau almost um, in this deep forest in the south of France where there's there's no phone reception and there's no visitors allowed um, to work with this family um, and it's like her life has just gone from zero to hero and she is in literal paradise and the author um, Anna Downs um, actually worked on one of these properties um, when she was younger and so she, she gets the, she can totally evoke um, this fairy tale place of, of delicious wine and never-ending sunsets, and uh, it's amazing. Um, but it's also terrifying. Um, it's, it, it's it's you sweat bullets reading this novel uh, because the mother character who she's working with is is just deranged um, and very dangerous. <laughs> oh no! Um, also Australian, <laughs> which is <laughs> um, and the the rich um, fella who who just uh, has all the money to like pull all the strings um, is just on the verge of a, a nervous breakdown, and you know that something terrible is coming, and and boy, it comes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy! And I, I can't say anything more without spoiling everything. Oh wow! And that's that novel. Oh, they sound great. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Ben. Um, Sarah, what about yourself? Okay, well, um, 
My weekend reading is dependent on whether or not a parcel containing two books that I'm very, very excited about arrives today or not. Okay. Um, so I will tell you about the book that I just read and then I'll tell you about the books that I really, really hope show up so I can read them this weekend. Okay. Um, the book I just read, I was sort of, I had put it aside for this weekend, you know, if if the parcel doesn't come. And I picked it up last night and thought I might just get cracking on this and then I finished it because it was so good. <laughs> um, so it's called The Great Garden and it's by Meg Rosoff who um, you might be familiar with is the author of How I Live Now which um, yeah, got turned into a movie a, a, a few years back with uh, Saoirse Ronan in it and it's just a great book. Um, and so she's written other stuff, but I've of hers only read How I Live Now. And so I went into this, I guess, kind of thinking that maybe it would be somewhat similar, it's, but it's a very different kind of book. The writing, though, is exquisite. Like, I just love, I love the way that she writes. And this book is hard to explain. It's, um, I remember in the selling it got compared to How I Capture the Castle by, uh, sorry, I Capture the Castle by Jodie Smith, who's just, that's just one of my favourite books. Like that's yeah, one of the I love books. that book. Yeah, that went into the, the genesis of me as a reader. I remember <laughs> reading that as like a early, early teen when I was still like, I was into reading and, you know, that was one of the books that really tipped me over into like book obsession. And so I I agree with that. Having read the book, I read the elements of it because it's set in, it's it's uh, sort of set around this quirky um, English family who are eccentric in that way that only like an English family living in a periwinkle blue Victorian house by the sea can be eccentric. Like <laughs> they're just, it's delightful. And, um, and then along comes these two American boys uh, who disrupt everything, which is basically if I, if you were to give the, basic storyline of I Capture the Castle, that's it. Mm, so yeah. I get the comparison. But this book is, you know, gosh, it was good. Like, so it, it's got this dreamy quality because um, this family, which has four kids, has gone to this uh, holiday house by the sea every year and they always have this magical summer. And this is a coming-of-age novel that really I think perfectly captures that kind of um, that weird uh, a sort of almost grief that comes with that moment when your bright, magical, innocent childhood is gone um, and can't come back. And it also just, oh, like the, the narrator of this is fantastic. So they're never named. You never know their name. You also never know their gender, which is just something I haven't, I tried to think if I've ever read a book before where I, where the whole a big chunk of um, the narrator's identity is just never revealed. So like I read a book like that in school. Sorry, just a slight tangent. I can't yeah. remember what it's called, but there was a book that they made us read in school where the entire book you think the 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 main character is like a high school student who has kind of an androgynous name, and it you go through the entire book thinking, assuming that um, it's uh, one gender, but actually, like, on the last page, you find out that it's the opposite. I can't right. remember Yeah. If you remember it, let me know, because the, the experience of reading this was just, I'm going to 
be really careful of my pronouns because I think that you should go into this and just see what happens. Because when I went in, I did assign a gender subconsciously to the narrator. I kind of, I guess, mm. just put something on the character that for, for some reason I thought they were that gender. And it wasn't until about, it was actually, I had a coffee break. So I, I read about a third of it and I was like, I need, I need a coffee. And um, actually, I like, it was a turmeric latte because it was quite late at night and I didn't want caffeine, but I wanted a hot drink. So there we go. That was some insight into me. Um, and so I got up, I made my, my drink. And, I, and as I was waiting for the kettle to boil, it occurred to me, I was just thinking about how good the book was and how I was probably going to finish it. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't know this person's name. And I don't even for sure know that they're the gender that I think they are. And so then from that moment onwards, I read it looking for a clue because I thought maybe I'd just been a bit like not paying attention enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, there's never any that I could tell. And I did, you know, check this after I finished the book. I did a quick Google search to see if I was alone in like being confused on this. And it seems like most people agree that there's just, it's not important to the story really. Like you never find out. And by the end of it, you don't care. Like it doesn't matter. Um, the story is really about the narrator. So these two American boys come and they're like night and day. Uh, they're, one of them is like bright and charming and charismatic. And the other one is like surly and um, so socially awkward. And the family really gravitate towards the charming brother. And then it just becomes this sort of delicate, like gorgeously written story about how one person, like one sort of selfish, manipulative person can really just kind of crack through a family and like kind of be so destructive and, um, and how particularly the age of this main character, you know, on the cusp of adulthood, goes through that thing which, you know, we've all experienced probably to some extent <laughs> where you're just deeply attracted to someone who logically you know is no good. Like you know that this is the wrong person for you. You know that you don't even like them. You don't trust them. But you want them anyway. <laughs> and, like, and what that does and, and how that plays out is just, it's really fascinating. It's just this, I don't know, the, the overall vibe of it is like this deep, like, tangerine summer sort of glow with this undercurrent of, like, damage through it. And I just loved it. And I, I love novels like that. Yeah, yeah. I was just, it was great. And I, but now it's gone. And so I'm facing the weekend and I'm not sure what I'm going to read. And it will depend a lot on whether I get a parcel that I'm expecting that contains two books that I'm wildly, wildly excited about. The I think first... I know what one of them is. Yeah. <laughs> because mine you arrived know, today. You know, you know what both of them are, I'm sure. Uh, so the books are um, The Left-Handed Booksellers of London by Garth Nix. Can't wait for it. And The Other Side of the Sky by Amy Kaufman and Megan Spooner. So... I am such fans of all of those um, above-mentioned authors. Um, and I can't, I don't even know, like, if the parcel arrives, I will then face the dilemma of which book to start first, but I will definitely read both of them in quick succession because I've been waiting for both of them for a really, really long time. The Other Side of the Sky is about um, 
it's it's by Amy Kaufman and Meg Spooner who have teamed up before for series that I totally love, um, the Starbound trilogy and also the um, the Unearthed duology. So uh, I can't. I mean, I've I've spoken at length about how much I love these authors um, in previous podcasts. So I, I don't want to retread too much. I'm a huge fan of, of everything they both do separately and alone and with other authors um, because Amy Kaufman um, co-writes with quite a few other authors, including Jay Kristoff, who we'll be speaking to next week. The Other Side of the Sky, I've heard about this and it was sold in as a um, like a sci-fi romance that plays on that trope of the two main characters aren't allowed to touch, which just sounds amazing to me and reminds me um, of that TV show. Someone's going to have to help me out. Pushing Daisies. Yes, thank you. Thank you. The beautiful Lee Pace, who I'm forever in love with. Oh, my God. Pushing Daisies. What a great show. What a – amazing. I I thought you were referencing that new Netflix series where they put all the young people on an island and they're not allowed to, like – do anything with each other for <laughs> no no love island or something no what's that um, called I, I can't remember but i know yeah. it's about. not that but i guess that in a way it's <laughs> like they are from two different worlds i think the situation i haven't read it yet so just going from like the blurb and what i've heard about it it seems to be that on this planet there's like much like the 100 there's like a, a city up in the sky um, of high-tech, like, people. And then there's the people down on the planet who are uh, a little bit more superstitious and religious and, and more about magic than about technology. And when, a, like, a prince from the um, from above drops down onto the planet and meets, like, a, the leader of the people down on the planet, they are in this situation where it's forbidden for them to touch because religious reasons, I think, and um, or magical reasons. I'm not sure. I can't wait to find out. And then, yeah, I, I believe this is going to be the first book in a duology, so I'm braced for uh, a horrific um, cliffhanger that I will probably hate, but, you know, I go into it with my eyes open, so... <laughs> Um, can you can you tell us quickly about the Garthnick? Quickly about Garthnick. Okay, again, this is one that I've only really got the blurb to go on and the amazing title because have you ever heard of a title better than the left hand sellers of Quantum? Yep. Um, this is um, I heard about this literally years ago. The first time I heard this title, I think it was uh, in conversation with Garth Nicks like three or four years ago on one of our podcasts. Um, and I just remember thinking, I need that book, and I can't believe that it's finally here. And from what I can tell, it's about a um, sort of society of booksellers, and the left-handed booksellers are, like, in in some way magical. I don't, I don't know. I need to read it to be able to speak about it more, but I just know it's about booksellers, which we all are. <laughs> <laughs> and there's magic, and it's by Garth Nix. So I can't imagine it not being great. Are, are any one of us left-handed? Nope. No, I'm not, but I would be willing to train myself to be left-handed to learn this society. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for that, Sarah. Um, and thank you guys for sharing all of your 
books that you're reading and your recommendations. Um, now we're going to come to the part of the podcast where I'm going to make you guys rip each other apart in a competitive game for supremacy. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You've put the beautiful, precious angel, Sarah, who doesn't have a competitive bone in her body. I'm not a competitive me. person. No, like... Neither am I until there's like a prize in the running and then I will kill all of you to get it. And I'm just not good on like the reflexes required to, to buzz in first. Plus, there's just a few things on this earth I hate more than a pop quiz. But hey, you know. I'm sorry. I'm always bad at that. I'm sure you get a win by a country mile. No, no. Okay. So, with that, welcome to Book Fight. Uh, the the literary wrestling match where I decide the points and nothing really counts and the only prize is bagging bragging rights. <laughs> no, ding ding that ding ding is the that I just made that like the boxing sound at the beginning of boxing when they make a it's a bell it's, that's what it's called. It's fine. Nick will add in sound effects later. Nick will add in sound effects later. So what I need from each of you is to choose a word that you're going to use as your buzzer. Or I can assign a word to you. Um, Olivia, what word do you want to be your buzzer? Blueberry, because I'm eating some. Awesome. Uh, Ben, what word do you want to be your buzzer? Overdue. (laughs) Excellent. And Sarah? Can I use the phrase, please don't make me do this? (laughs) (laughs) No. Lock it in. (laughs) Okay, Mark, you need to assign a word to me. Um, uh, How about mercy? (laughs) Mercy, great. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So, question one. Oh, God. Which novel by one of the Brontes is the (gasps) inspiration for a Kate Bush song? (gasps) Oh, Blueberry! 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 (laughs) Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. (laughs) I think I should write the points down. Yes, that's a point for Liv. If I didn't get that question, I would literally just quit now i'm never gonna be fast enough on the buzzy i'm (laughs) telling you this right now all right question two sarah i'm looking at you for this one okay (laughs) Uh, and 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 uh, you'll find out why name all books in philip pullman's his dark (gasps) materials and book of dust so far mercy (laughs) sarah sarah buzzed in oh no can i even do this okay northern lights Yep. Um, the subtle knife. Yep. Um, crap. Chamber of Secrets. No, that's. I'm pretty sure the third <laughs> um, one is called crap. <laughs> why am I blanking on the third one? I'm just going to move over to Book of Dust in the hope that it reveals to me. Um, so, Book of Dust two, The Secret Commonwealth. Book of Dust one, La Belle Sauvage. Yep. So, uh, the Amber Spyglass. Yes. Okay, cool. Excellent. There you go, Sarah. See? Oh, you... one. one yeah. Don't you feel good to, <laughs> to, to have answered a question and, and technically won something? I feel um, relieved that I didn't forget one of them. All right. Question three. Sarah, look, this could be one for you as well. <laughs> what level of the treehouse are Andy Griffiths oh. and Terry Denton currently on? Oh, oh that messy. I think I, I actually heard overdue before anything else. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to guess. Um, uh, there was 113. There was 112. 
120 something. 136. Uh, I'm going to throw it open to one of the others. Blueberry, uh, Mercy. Uh, I, actually, I think Blueberry jumped in first. What What do you say, Liv? <laughs> um, is it 100 and oh no, 130? <laughs> no. But they go up by 13, don't they? Yeah, so that I'm going by. The, but the last <laughs> one was 117 story treehouse. Yes, 117 is what I'm going on because that's the most recently published. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant the one that's... Oh, oh I thought you were talking about the I'm giving it to Liv. Yeah, Liv, I would have answered the same way. I thought we were talking about the next one. Well, you know, there's there's the public face of the treehouse, and then there's the face of the treehouse that we, being kind of in the know, know about. But let's... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Which novel opens with the line, Your end is a dead blue wren? Messy. The blueberry. Blueberry. Oh, what, what's that? I, I heard <laughs> <laughs> I heard Did I really get that? I heard Messy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boy Solo's Universe by Trent Dalton. Very good. <laughs> All right. Next question. Name two of the books that have Over been June. shortlisted for the Miles Franklin Award this year. I heard Overdue already. So. Wow. <laughs> uh, um... Okay, The White Girl by Tony Birch. Yes. And um, Tara June Lynch, The Yield. Very good. Yay. All right. The next question. Uh, so this is this is a this is an exciting question because you can get a lot of points for this question. I've Ooh. just decided now. What is this like <laughs> a snitch of a question? So you'll find like so. Okay, name as many books as you Over can. You. That begin with the letter B. Overdue. I heard you. Go. No. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. A book that starts with B. Um, uh, Bitter Wash Road by Gary Disher. Oh, nice one. Um, mm. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the, the end of the question to be this. Um, <laughs> uh, Your end is a dead blue run. Oh, uh, voice was universe. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the help. Um, I retire with two points. That's 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 funny. I'm good. <laughs> <confident>. Okay. <laughs> and here I was expecting you to get like 15 points. Maybe if, if I ask this question again, maybe I should go with a with a more common letter. <laughs> I think, no, I think blue one of those is, is, that... is plenty. Uh, I think I'm just terrible at this. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at several books on my desk right now that start with B. I'm terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so now it, it's up to the final question. According to my tally, Liv is on two, Ben is on three, Sarah is on two. So uh, if Ben gets this right, um, he wins. Or if Liv or Sarah get this, then it's a tie. Final question. What is the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything? Blueberry. Oh, oh, <laughs> I think like six people shouted it blueberry. Was me. So I'm going to get to live. 42! Yay! Yay. <laughs> All right, that makes it a tie between uh, Liv and Ben. And, oh, uh, I still can't win. Yeah. No. I am glad to retire. Um, so what we'll do in, in a situation where there's a, a tie is that when we're back in the office, the people who have the tie will arm wrestle for the title. <laughs> okay. I'm coming for you, Ben. Ha, ha, ha.
I'm really worried about that actually. <laughs> I'm the office first aid officer. Oh. Who will tend to the inevitable injuries? Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you guys so much for uh, joining me today. I really appreciate your time and um, I hope you, you enjoyed it. Um, and thank you. <laughs> And thank you to everybody who tuned in to listen. Um, the Weekend Booktopian is produced by Nick Wasiliev. Thank you, Nick, for pushing the buttons and for keeping us all on track. Um, and you can find the links to the books that we've discussed today in the episode description, or you can find them on booktopia.com.au. You can listen to all of our shows for free right now on SoundCloud and iTunes, including our recent interview with Kate Grenville. We get all the best authors uh, on our podcasts. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Weekend Booktopian. Until then, thanks for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.